are controlling transmission. WLTK DB. Let's talk. Views and opinions expressed are those of the host and guests. Any content provided by our host or guest are of their opinion and do not intend to harm any religions, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. Thank you for listening. Enjoy the show. spirit 20 years ago. I have been on a quest to observe, study, investigate, and communicate with the afterlife and beyond. It's been an ongoing journey of exploration and discovery, one that has taught me how mortality and the spirit world are forever bonded through the veils of time. Good evening, everyone, on this fabulous November 12th, Thursday night. I cannot believe it's almost the middle of November. What is going on with time these days? And tomorrow is Friday the 13th. Ah, I can't believe it. You are listening to the Afterlife Chronicles with yours truly. And you could join the chat room if you haven't already done that at www. WLTKDB.com or the let's talk.com. And guess what? They're like, for those that don't know, there's a player right there in the chat room. So if you haven't already joined the chat, now is your chance. I am so excited. We only have an hour and there's a lot to get through tonight. So I'm just going to get right to it. I am so excited to have Steve and Steven, excuse me, Steven and Stevie from Memphis Ghost Investigations and Spirit Rescue with me tonight. I've talked with them before. They are a fabulous team and they are doing such commendable work. So Steven and Stevie, thank you for joining me tonight. How are you doing? We're doing great. Thanks for having us, Nicole. Absolutely. So excited. So let's start off with this. I know this is a generic question that uh, a lot of you guys, you know, that you get pretty much on every show, but what got you started uh, with Memphis Ghost Investigations? What compelled you to actually form the team? Well, uh, about two years ago, um, I had actually taken a little break. I've been doing this for about 18 years. And wow. so I'd taken, taken a little break. And uh, then we had a, a group of people get together. Uh, and there was a mediumship demonstration. And my partner, Kayla Bales, was uh, uh, participating in that. And during that uh, demo, uh, she had brought through someone's aunt and delivered a message. She's a medium. And then she started talking about this uh, little girl, and I recognized that this is a spirit girl named Alice uh, that was actually a spirit rescue from St. Augustine way, way back in 2007. And Alice had made an appearance and uh, had gone to Kayla and was very persistent. 
So I, I got the strong impression that uh, Alice is wanting to get to work again because she helps us in our spirit rescue work. And so I put together this new team in October of 2018, and that's how it came about. That is fantastic. And so you primarily concentrate on spirit rescue, correct? Yes, that's our focus. Do you have, uh, I mean, some people may hear the two words spirit rescue and, and think, oh my gosh, what is that? What does it entail? I mean, in your expertise, how would you, for someone that doesn't know about it, how would you go ahead and explain that? Well, what sets this part from uh, most paranormal investigation teams is when we go into someone's home, our, our focus is not on the collection of evidence. Uh, we do provide validation of uh, what's occurring at sites, but we do it intuitively. And then our once we discover if there are any spirit energies you know, at a site, mm-hmm. what we'll want to do is uh, do counseling with them and to explain to them that they have options. They don't have to remain there in that type of uh, mundane existence, that there's actually more for them uh, in the next level of uh, awareness. So, our, our goal is to do the counseling and to tell them that they have those options. And then if they make that free will choice to transition, we have, um, we have methods to help them to help connect them with their loved ones on the other side. And most all, every time they will choose to, uh, to go ahead and make, to release and transition. That was actually my next question because some people may think of, you know, earthbounds, you know, as Mm -hmm. a little bit more reluctant, to want to transition to the other side. So you do find that once you explain the process to the energies, that most of them are, are willing to go. Right. And we're also energy channels. So there's some healing that takes place. Uh, a lot of times they'll get stuck in uh, kind of uh, mental loops or uh, their last thought is, is all they can uh, concentrate on. So we help them break free from that. And then we're able to get a dialogue going and find out why they're there, you know, where they've come from, um, you know, if there's any anything that they they really want to tell their story uh, right. and, and release those burdens. And then once they're able to do that, um, they're also not aware many times of their loved ones who are nearby, who are kind of there, uh, have been there for a long time, you know, kind of waiting for them. So it's our it's our goal also to direct their awareness to those uh, higher vibrational energies and kind of uh, provide a bridge, uh, so to speak, between the uh, lower level energy of the uh, earthbounds and the higher vibration energy of their loved ones who are there. Wow, that's so fascinating. That's so well said. What is your, I guess, I'm interested to know when, like, when you go into a client's home, uh, is there a certain process to educating the clients on what you do? And are they pretty much open to your process or are they actually expecting a full-on investigation? Because that's more of the, you know, you see that more often than, than spirit rescue. And I must say, for me personally, I do think that there is a role of every paranormal researcher out there to not just go in and collect data. I think that's just one little aspect of it. I think it's important for us all to build that connection with the spirit world and, and build that rapport and offer help if needed. So, so do you think, oh, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, we put, you know, we put that information on our website so people know that we are an intuitive uh, based team. Uh, We don't really, you know, we make make certain that they're aware that we're not going to come in with a lot of equipment and spend hours and hours. Typically, uh, Stevie, we go in uh, right within an hour or two and take care of uh, what needs to to, uh, be done there. Yes. 
Absolutely. Um, so when we go in, like Stevie and I did an investigation the uh, the night before Halloween, we got called to a house um, in Jackson, Tennessee, which is about an hour's drive east of Memphis. So when we went in, um, you know, I, I spend a 10 or 15 minutes chatting with the homeowner. We don't ever ask for specifics. We just want to know generalities. Um, so that would mean not knowing that they've seen a, a child spirit, you know, wearing a certain colored outfit or whatever. We just want to know if they've seen an apparition or, or heard voices or had objects move, that type of thing. And that way we're able to uh, go in and validate their own experiences without having any prior knowledge. So while I'm doing that, Stevie, explain to what, what you're doing at the same time. Oh, that's um, fantastic. So I'm really looking at um, just trying to get in tune and, um, uh, if you will, uh, you know, just get a whole take of the energy in the um, place and trying to communicate with uh, the first thing, um, who's there and uh, what might be um, indicators of what they are uh, almost like keeping them there or why they are there. Awesome. Right. Right. Stevie's awesome. a medium. He's a developing medium. And um, you've actually studied with a, a, a fairly well-known, famous medium in England, right, Stevie? One of uh, yes. Into Wales. That's Robert Brown. Wow. I was just going to ask you, Stevie, like what your background is in mediumship. So <laughs> I guess great minds think alike. So oh, that's fabulous. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to hear about that. So how did that go, all your training? Oh, it was wonderful. Um, so I got into this about maybe uh, three years ago. Um, actually, my mother had been going to Stephen for uh, massages, and he brought up this lovely lady, uh, Mama Ellie, that is Ellie Fransky. She's a medium from New York, and uh, she's moved down to Memphis now, and she has classes. And so I got to go to uh, Mama Ellie's reunion that she has every year, and she pointed me in the direction of Robert Brown, and I spent a week uh in Wales, uh, training every day with him and doing wonderful exercises and meeting other wonderful mediums. And, uh, yeah, it was a great experience. Oh my gosh. That sounds so fascinating. I want to go over there now and study with him. That sounds amazing. <laughs> I, you know, I'm interested is the UK's version, I guess, of training a medium similar or different than, than the U S I would think that there's some maybe similarities, but maybe some differences as well. Maybe none. There's definitely similarities. Uh, there's a lot more uh, etiquette and practice of um, how to deliver messages. Also, um, the, a lot more emphasis on what you receive instead of interpreting it necessarily. Um, it focuses a lot more on that, and it, it helps me a lot uh, to distinguish between what I'm feeling and what I'm getting. Right. Do you often find that you know, Kayla, or like the three of you, if you're on a case, do you often find that your own intuitive impressions corroborate each other? Oh, absolutely. And you don't share that necessarily until after, correct? Correct. I think that's like actually a good way. I mean, some people want to go in knowing a little bit about the history or, or about the land. Some don't. Some like to go in blind. Uh, but I, th I almost think for the whole bias and power suggestion component, it, it's best to go in completely like with a clean slate 
Yes, yes. And Stephen uh, also, he never tells me anything before uh, we go on these uh, these investigations. And I appreciate that actually more than anything. Yeah, because then it gives you just a clean slate to go off of. I appreciate that too. So there's uh, some people, you know, a lot of people in the field know, you know, the different clairs and the different types of intuitives. But if you could, just for those that may not understand, discuss a little bit about the, I guess there's six of them, actually, the different clairs and, and, and how they're similar and how they're different. Um, so, yeah, uh, Claire, um, this, uh, are, are you talking about the specific types of clairs? Yeah, yeah, like clairsentience, claircognizance, yeah, claircognizance, those. Yeah, so uh, clairvoyance is probably like the most heard term yeah uh, at least it was the most her term that i have uh, but that's specifically seeing um and that can be sometimes seeing right in front of you like we do uh living people or sometimes it can be in your like, kind of your thoughts and mind like pictures or uh video clips in that sense um clear audio uh hearing um sometimes as well um it can come in different forms like in my uh head it will be like almost like typed out like a typewriter oh uh, sometimes interesting. i hear it right but like kind of faintly like it's off in the distance uh but uh i think there's variations of the clairs within themselves as well kind of like sub clairs um and of course That's it, they just, point. yeah they mimic our senses here on earth uh just kind of extended uh to spirit and um clear sentience the feeling um that you get kind of like uh, you could feel their energy, that they're happy or expressiveness. Um, clear cognizance, you just kind of know it comes to you like uh, with this sure feeling that it's information just kind of, oh, like this person, their maybe profession or something that you just kind of know. Um, and of course, there's other clairs like smell and taste that also reflect our experiences and our. Uh, here on earth yeah i know i mean i think the the whole taste aspect is probably the least experienced uh but i like how you said that there's almost different like i guess sub clairs if you will i i think that that i've often thought that too as well is there a certain type or of of intuitive sense that i guess is more dominant than the other on your investigations or does it basically depend on that location and the energies involved and this could uh, be been, both of you too yeah i've been learning um that it's kind of just uh, case by case i guess <laughs> uh, it, it's, it's interesting learning um because i i didn't expect it to be that way but uh it definitely shows that more and more uh, each place kind of different players come in right I mean, I don't, I don't consider myself at all a psychic medium, but I am intuitive. And so I've found that just in the work that I've done, I guess the, the more exposure I have in all the years in the field, I've found that I've always been a natural empath, but I've found that other intuition, you know, or intuitive skills have, have increased. And so I've, I've find that quite interesting in your opinion. I mean, because you guys, I, I mean, I find your team so commendable and, you know, so professional. And I mean, I think you're a model team for, for others out there. So uh, that's why I want to ask you this question. What do you think makes a successful 
psychic medium. Um, let's see. I think um, doing it for the right reasons, especially. Yeah. Uh, right. To help, uh, to help people here and people, uh, the spirits. Um, I think that's the main thing. The the right. reason why that you're doing it. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think so too. Like, and I've often said too. You know, you can't. At least in my opinion, you can't successfully work with spiritual energies if you're if you're working through your ego you know there has to there has to be humility there has to be uh a a genuine i guess interest in in what you do right because this is a healing thing right yeah healing work absolutely what uh, i guess you know because i i'm interested in I've actually participated in spirit rescue a couple of times. And so it's something, you know, cause especially in the past couple of years for me, I want to step outside of the, uh, I guess just the investigation component and go that separate, you know, extra step to uh, help the energies. Do you think that it takes a certain type of person or a certain type of personality trait to succeed with helping energies? I mean, beyond just the humility and the, and the genuine factor, do you think there's like a certain type of personality or, or a trait that uh, would make someone a little bit more successful being a psychic medium? Well, I think there has to be that component of compassion in this work. There really does. And uh, that's, I've worked with about a dozen mediums over the past uh 13 years. And uh, that's always something I look for in every single person I work with is that, that compassionate uh, nature. Right. Absolutely. That's what I think too. Any interesting cases like investigations where you've had really profound experiences that you would like to share? I know we're going to be taking a break in a couple of minutes. So obviously if we don't finish, we can touch on that after the break. But any new or not new, any past cases that have been very uh, profound for you that have really left a resonating effect? Uh, I would say the last case that we worked together, Stevie and I worked together right before Halloween. Uh, we got called to a house over in Jackson, Tennessee. And it was interesting, and this happens quite a lot with us, is that spirit energies will reach out even before we get to the site. So we had um, we had a crossed over relative come to us, and um, she wanted to deliver a message to the homeowner. Uh, so when we got there, without any prior knowledge of this person, um, Stevie actually got the name, and I got a, a pretty good description of her. And um, so when we delivered that to the um, to our client, you know that was very emotional for her. And then the person wanted uh, to pass along a message, so that I think that was pretty. Uh, a healing experience for her to know that her uh, her relative was right there with her all the time and was watching over her and wanted to help her in any way that she could. Oh my goodness. That, I mean, I have like goosebumps over my body right now. I mean, that's, that's truly amazing. I can't wait to hear more. We have to take a couple minute break. And when we come back, we'll just uh, continue this discussion. You are listening to the afterlife chronicles and beyond on the WLTKDB network and join us after the break folks. Stay tuned. We didn't 
didn't invent great sound. We perfected it. We are controlling transmission. WLTK DB. Let's talk. Alternative Talk Radio. WLTKDB.com. Ever wanted to host your own radio show? If your answer is yes, then the time to act is now. WLTKDB Let's Talk is now accepting new programming more affordable than ever. You create the show idea and we'll take care of the rest. Not only do we create your program intro and provide broadcast training, but also syndicate you to popular outlets like Apple and Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and more. You get all of this starting at 100 bucks per month. Three packages to choose from and built to make your wallet happy. Contact us at WLTKDB.com with your show idea and let's bring your dream to life. All topics accepted and you have full rights to your program. Contact us today and reserve your spot on WLTKDB Let's Talk. What are you waiting for? Let's do this. Maggie Reiki is a full-service Reiki therapy center offering both in-person and distance Reiki sessions. Reiki is a gentle healing energy that can assist in clearing, repairing, and maintaining energy that is vital for optimal health. Reiki can also assist with anxiety, depression, and even addiction. You can schedule a Reiki session by visiting our website, www.mackeyreiki.com. That's www.m-a-c-k-e-y-r-e-i-k-i.com. Twenty-one minutes past the hour. You are listening to the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond. I'm your host, Nicole Strickland, on the WLTKDB network, WLTKDB.com, or the Let's Talk.com. If you haven't joined us in chat, now is your time to do so. Tonight, we are talking with Memphis Ghost Investigations and Spirit Rescue. Stephen and Stevie are joining me, and before the break... We were talking about uh, intuition, spirit rescue, the different uh, types of intuition. And right before the break, we were talking about uh, one of the profound cases that they had right uh, on Halloween or the night before Halloween. So let's continue that because I actually was getting really big goosebumps when you were telling me this story. I, I mean, for me personally, there's nothing better than helping a client and, and, a, and a spirit, of course, but having that client hug you and thank you and basically helping them, you know, with their anxiety and easing the frustration because a lot of people, you know, are scared and, and don't have the knowledge that we have about spirit. So going in and helping, I think, is just such a wonderful feeling. Uh, what are some of your other profound cases where you've you know really been able to help not only the the spirits but the clients as well ones that obviously you can discuss well since stevie and i've been working together um there's been a couple occasions where stevie has had the opportunity to provide mediumship for the client uh there was a grandmother yeah yeah wow that has not only happened with Stevie, but with also with Kayla, and we used to work with a friend named Sheila, <laughs> and that was early on when I first founded this new team. And what was interesting was we would go into a house, and Spirit would direct Sheila to sit with the client, and she would do mediumship for like an hour while we were helping the earthbound spirits 
uh, in the location to transition. But uh, Stevie and I have done a couple of cases here in the past uh, past year. Uh, there was a grandmother uh, who, why don't you talk about this, Stevie, what she showed you, and then you gave a message to the, to the clients, uh, actually her, her daughter. Wow. Her, that, yes, was, uh, that was the house out by the Mississippi River, remember? Right. Yes. Yes. Um, so, uh, she, the client had kept, uh, a lot of the, uh, a lot of her, uh, mother's, um, items and clothing. And, uh, she was showing me hats and hats and I had, <laughs> I, I couldn't see any hats in the place. I was really just trying to focus on, you know, what, what the message was that she was trying to give. And she brought us into one of the rooms, uh, we, go through the uh, whole house to see each room. Um, and she mentions hats <laughs> eventually. Oh. And then that's when I got uh, the message quite clearly. It was her for uh, the client's daughter. So this would have been her grandmother giving the message. Um, oh my goodness. That she was proud of her. And uh, she was really trying to encourage her to further her schooling and just uh, really saying that she's proud of what she accomplished. And uh, it was very touching. I can imagine. I mean, I've myself have, I mean, had many people know this and I've talked about it on air before, but I've had a very, very profound experience with my maternal grandmother. Her name was Helen and I credit her with, with paving the path for me as, you know, a paranormal researcher. So I, I get that. I can feel that very strongly. What about you, Stephen? I also wanted to uh, to tell you about a case that I did years ago with a, a different medium named Stephanie. And um, this just goes to show that when people experience disturbances in their house, it's not always a, an earthbound spirit who's creating right. those disturbances. Sometimes it's a relative. And in times of crisis, they will come around and they will, uh, they will sometimes leave um, gifts, uh, coins, feathers, and to, to let – to let their loved ones know that they're around and, you know, supporting them. But we got called, Stephanie and I got called to a case uh, up in Ripley, Tennessee, which is a little town north of Memphis. And what was, what was happening was there was a mother and her daughter who lived there alone. And the daughter was, daughter I think was 16 or 17 years old. And she was waking up every morning with pennies on her pillow. And so that was, you know, that was so odd and so disturbing, you know, where were they coming from? And it was, so it was frightening to them in a sense. And when we went there, actually what was going on was uh, the, the, the woman's mother, who was already in transition into spirit, who was a crossed over, what we call crossed over high vibrational spirit. She was the one who was leaving the pennies. So Stephanie connected with her and when asked why she was doing that, she said, well, my daughter wants to marry this man. Uh, and she named the man, and uh, she said, "I I don't think that's going to be a good idea for my daughter and for their for my granddaughter to have this person in their life." And the way the lady validated who she was is she told Stephanie her favorite hymn. And now I was raised in the in the Baptist church here in in the South, and I know a lot of the hymns, but this was kind of an obscure hymn that I'd never heard of. But as soon as Stephanie provided that information, uh, the mother and granddaughter knew exactly who it was. So I've often wondered, did the lady take 
her mother's advice and not marry the man or, you know, did she go ahead and marry him? I don't know. Never, never found out for sure. Never found out. That's something, I mean, I know if that happened to me, I would listen to that. I think I would too. I'm wondering if the dates on the pennies uh, were, you know, if there was any interesting like patterns with those. I, I, don't, I, I have I don't had know. that experience with other people. I've been in houses where uh, actually we've gone into rooms. Uh, the client and I have gone into room. There would be no coins there. Uh, we go through the rest of the house. We come back uh, to do a final walkthrough and there's a coin or two there. Um, and then I've, ask the person to look at the dates and you know sometimes it's the person's birthday you know something significant right that's what i was thinking you know maybe a birth mm-hmm. date or a, a important anniversary of some sort oh my right. gosh i have like i just i keep saying this but i have like goosebumps like all over my body we have a question from chat so the chat okay. question is what do you experience or sense when the spirit transitions on stevie you want to describe what you feel or see Yes, it's a feeling of lifting up, and it comes almost as um, like it's like floating for a moment. <laughs> I, it's such a light and powerful feeling of just joy and happiness. It's really, uh, I love it every time I feel it. <laughs> and it's yeah. And the, and it's hard to um, yeah. describe, I imagine, too, because it's, these sorts of, yes. you know, it's hard to put into words, too. It's definitely a vibrational change. And the way I'm clairsentient, so the way I feel spirit energy is it's around my crown chakra. And I feel earthbound spirits kind of around uh, ear level. But when they do transition, that that vibration or that feeling just goes all the way to the top of my crown chakra, you know, which is which is your connection to spirit. So I actually physically feel their release. And uh, like Stevie said, it's a very joyful thing. Now, I've worked with different mediums who describe crossings in different ways. And one uh, one young woman I worked with named Rebecca, the way she described it was there was a doorway, uh, kind of like a, a slit of light that would open and get wider and wider. And as she looked into it, she could see people as far as she could, you know, as far as she could see into this light. And it was just dazzling light. So that was the crossing type uh, transition point that she described another medium, Stephanie, who I just, who I mentioned earlier, the way she saw that was as a horizon that opened up. So they were experiencing the same thing and they could see the spirits as they, uh, you know, walked into this light and rejoined their loved ones. And it was this beautiful emotional experience. First time Stephanie experienced that was two children in an attic. And we helped them to get to their loved ones on the other side. And she just, you know, she just burst out in tears. It was so, so beautiful and so emotional for her. Oh, I can imagine. I've, I've had a couple of instances myself, one on the, well, I can't really say it because they're very uh, strict with uh, paranormal activity. It's a location in San Diego. It's, it's a battleship. That's all I'll say. And uh, I was with a couple of investigators and we were talking with, uh, we believe it was an earthbound and it was uh, someone who actually passed away on the ship. And so we were telling him, you know, there's a better place for you and doing our whole thing. And we actually captured an audio piece. It was an EVP. So it wasn't heard at the time, but when we reviewed it, we heard him say, thank you very emphatically. And when I heard that, I, um, I myself burst into tears and I had this overwhelming 
just feeling of joy. So I, so I get like what you're talking about. Speaking of children crossing when, when a child energy crosses over uh, versus an adult, is it different for a child in your opinion? Uh, Is it more difficult or a little easier for them to transition? I guess, what are the similarities between a child transitioning versus an adult spirit or earthbound or, or energy, however you want to phrase it? Yeah, you know, in the beginning when I when we would come across child spirits, that was really disturbing to me this, um, mm-hmm. because I would ask the question, you know, why is an angel or, you know, some high vibrational being come and help this child? But, you know, children are little people, so they have their free will. And many times they're they're very happy where they are. Uh, they're comfortable or maybe the location is very familiar to them and they feel safe there. What I have noticed, and Stevie will verify this, is that when there is a child spirit who is earthbound, there's always a high vibrational relative or loved one who is nearby, you know, patiently waiting for that child. And they're watching over them, I guess, and, you know, protecting them in a sense. But children, yeah, they're kind of difficult to work with. So you have to find out, you know, um, what their what their needs and desires are in terms of um you know, connecting uh, to a to a better place or a place they think is is better than where they are. So, they're, they can be difficult. Oh, <laughs> I can imagine. They just go yeah. immediately. You know, when you when you bring their uh, loved ones close to them and direct, it's a, for us. It's a matter of directing their attention. So they're maybe they're so focused on where they are or a, a person um, that they followed or something like that. But when you when you point them and make them aware of that guardian that's been around them and kind of provide that bridge between the two uh, levels of vibration, they almost always go immediately. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you ever have cases, and I'm sure you do, this might sound like a dumb question, but do you ever have cases where those that you've helped move on uh, come back to visit at all? You want to speak of that, Stevie? Um, So, yes. Uh, (laughs) um so we also did a uh spirit rescue at the salon i work at and um, there were were quite a few spirits there uh it's in the old part of uh this town germantown right outside of memphis and um there's still a lady here uh at the salon that still loves what we're doing and loves the energy of the place and she comes back to visit quite quite frequently um, also, a lot of times after an investigation, I've noticed that the spirits who have crossed over will linger on uh, to say thank you uh, as well. So, Of course. Um, right. Yeah, they're appreciative. You know, yes. I, I mean, I, I've had that happen to me a couple of times. It's, it's, you know, they're appreciative. And it's just that's why I'm like, this is so commendable, the work that you're doing. No, the first time that ha- that happened when I experienced that, I was working with uh, the medium, Rebecca. And she and I were in a townhouse in um, East Memphis, and there was a, a, a woman there with her, a, a spirit lady who was earthbound, and she was there with her son who was mentally challenged. And when we talked to her, connected with her, and, and got a dialogue going, she said, no, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving him, you know, um, because he was not able to process what had happened. I don't know. I don't remember the details of, of their passing, but... When we talked to her and explained to her that she could help him a lot better, she went ahead and uh, released in transition. Uh, you know, she could be like a guardian angel for him or or help him, you know, 
raise his vibration to the point where he could he could join her. She did that, and she immediately came back. That surprised me because I thought, you know, maybe uh, they would have to go do some healing or whatever. But, you know, I think time is different in the spirit world than it is here, in my experience. I do, too. Yeah. And uh, she came back immediately and thanked us and took him right with her. So that was that was a double crossing there, which was real, uh, really nice that, that she had come back and two people crossed at one time basically because she came back almost immediately and of course she was very thanking us profusely she said oh, why did i wait why did i wait i can so imagine long? oh my I gosh yeah, absolutely she was healed i mean she was healed immediately and i'm oh sure he gosh. got the same type of healing I, I imagine it was almost pretty instant for him as well right so you go into private homes obviously in businesses too in your opinion i guess is there a pattern to some of the the places where where you go into that i guess my question is do some places oh gosh i'm I'm trying to phrase this it's hard for i don't know why i'm having a hard time with this question place of homes businesses even historical locations are there certain i guess traits of that location that maybe make it more susceptible for a spirit to like linger as opposed to move on You there? Um, I'm sorry. Is this question for me? I'm sorry. I, no, it's, I, it's for any, it's open for for whoever wants to answer. You both can okay, answer. Yeah. One, yeah. I think that there are definitely um, certain uh, areas that are maybe more attractive. Say, uh, I've heard about ley lines. I'm not quite sure myself, um, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> Southern California has a ton of them. So, yeah, I've researched them, but I'm not at all by any means a ley line expert. But, yeah, that makes sense. Unfinished business. I've heard certain things that there are, but um, I I don't think necessarily there's any particular uh, area necessarily. I I think it's, um, in my experience, it's been more so um, people who have either lived in the home or on the land. Uh, okay, interesting. And maybe those that have maybe passed away at the location. Uh, I mean, we all know, you know, unfinished business uh, is that can be obviously a foundation for why, you know, someone doesn't necessarily want to transition. But in addition to some of the obvious reasons, maybe like a, a violent death or a sudden violent death, if you will, or unfinished business, or maybe an attraction to an antique or maybe the living calling that energy, you know, and thinking of it and grief, the grief and loss process can also, in my opinion, prevent an energy from moving on. Are there any others in in your expertise? Any other main reasons why a entity would not move on? Um, I really, if, if they wouldn't cross, it's because of their own choice. Um, right. Yeah. Their own will keeping, or maybe that they don't know how to cross. They uh, uh, just need a little, uh, I guess, help or uh, direction in the way of crossing. Awesome. Um, but yes, I, I would say that uh, there are a lot of reasons why they would stay here. Um, like Stephen mentioned uh, with uh, children's spirits, there's, uh, a higher 
television being here, just waiting for them to cross because it is it does come down to free will. Yeah, yeah we, very we've true. had um, many cases where people uh, attract spirits to them if they're very intuitive. You know, they will. Um, it's almost like you have a light around you. So spirits are attracted to those people thinking yes. that they might be able to help them. And many times, I mean, uh, there was one time uh, we worked with uh, a young lady named Jennifer Brooks. It was it was great uh, team member. and She had to leave because of health issues. But Kayla and Jennifer and I were traveling over to help a family in, uh, uh, on the other side of Nashville. It's about a 600-mile round trip. We don't normally travel that far, but we did in this case because there were children who were being traumatized by what they were experiencing. But uh, when we were crossing the Tennessee River on I-40, going about 70 miles an hour, we had a gentleman get in the car with us, a spirit, an earthbound spirit, who was searching for his mother. So he was definitely he definitely sensed our vibration somehow, or or maybe we had some kind of light that he was able to perceive around us. But he came to us, and we were actually able to help him transition while we were driving down the interstate. Oh my goodness! How long did that take? Uh, just long enough to um, to get his story and find out he was actually from the World War II era. Oh, when, when he first. When he first uh, came, many times I'm the first person who will sense his spirit for some reason. I don't know, but I knew he was male. I had the impression that he was wearing a, a hunting jacket. Um, he, he had come, um, he was from an earlier time period. I couldn't pinpoint it. And then uh, I asked Jennifer and Kayla both to open up their chakras to where they could uh, work and tune in. And Kayla was able to get a clearer fix on him, and he was uh, a World War II paratrooper. And the jacket I was seeing as a hunting jacket was actually a paratrooper's jacket. But they yeah, look similar. His mother, yeah, he was looking for his mother. So we called. Uh, we have ways to connect uh, Earthbounds with their loved ones on the other side. And she appeared. She came immediately, and he went off on his merry way. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm wondering where you were driving when he actually, or what you passed by when you were driving on the interstate when he, when he came I don't know. It was, really a, it was a really wooded area, so maybe oh. he lived up in that area. I don't know. Oh, my gosh. That's so fascinating. Another thing we do is, uh, I learned this from an English medium who's a friend of our teacher, uh, who was a friend of our teacher, uh, Ellie Fristinski. This lady's name was... Uh, 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 Audrey Abernathy, and she was an English medium who passed uh, about 10 years ago, but she was in her 80s at that time, and uh, during World War II, after World War II, they would do spirit, what they called sending circles in England, and they were, uh, we kind of updated that to be spirit rescue circles, we do them here, but groups would get together on, on a base, uh, regular basis, and they would offer their, uh, themselves to be uh, to help these spirits, uh, earthbound spirits in the area to come and, you know, uh, help receive the help they were looking for. So that's another thing that we do uh, on, on certain occasions is we'll, we'll do these. They're kind of like mass crossings because spirits will come from uh, all over our area and even as far away as New York and places like that. So I don't know how the word gets out, but it does. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I mean it's that is how oh, this is just so fascinating. Listen, I mean I wish we had like ten hours to talk. We do have, uh, I guess, a couple of questions from chat. Uh, one of them is, do you cancel? I think I may have touched on this earlier. I'm not sure, or I maybe asked a similar question. Do you counsel the living members of the house who contact you as as obviously for them? 
it could be quite emotional with what you know with what you're doing so do you counsel them on your exact process and are they pretty much open to it yes we do you know the information's on our website so any anyone's able to go Mm -hmm. there uh, when they're looking for help and understand the process we we use but the other thing is like uh, the people that are very intuitive who attract spirits to them uh, they need uh, counseling too, and yes. we will recommend books to them. We'll uh, we help one girl find a class that, that we thought would help her either learn to um, work with her gifts or you know learn how to shut them off as she preferred to do that at this time because she was a young mother. So uh, there's a lot to this. I mean, it's kind of multi-level to where you're you're not only helping the earthbound spirits or maybe doing mediumship uh, messages for the client. But you're also helping the client uh, learn how to understand and use their gifts if they choose to do so, or if they're uh, not ready to to work with that at this point. You you know, kind of help them uh, to learn how to shut that down. There's been many uh, families that I've worked with that have young children mm-hmm. who uh, awaken to these gifts, and it's really frightening. They have spirits come to them, or, or they're standing around their bed at night. I think Stevie had some of those kind of experiences when he was younger could hear voices and that type of thing so you know the more you understand the less you fear there is a spirit yes. world around us but it's yes. you know it's it's a comfortable thing if you understand uh, understand about it oh absolutely i mean i i think that uh, there's in my opinion too there's a lot of uh exploitation going on of the spirit world and and maybe giving the idea through mass media and and entertainment people a false impression of what the spirit world genuinely entails, because I think it's a beautiful thing. And it sounds, sounds like you do too. There's another question too, from chat. I guess it's, um, it might be from the same person. Have you ever had a client contact you for help, but once there you realize that they just wanted to test your gifts or maybe another team perhaps. So Interesting questions. No, you know, I've been doing this for 18 years. I, I have gone into situations where it was apparent that, I mean, there were no spirits there and the person was having psychological issues. Right. And, you you know, you gracefully exit that as yes. quickly as possible. Um, but, no, we've never been, um, in my experience, I've never been, you know, deceived um, deliberately. Uh, or anything like that. So that's yeah, that's what I was thinking. I think the other the other thing is we genuine. really vet our we vet our clients because we have a uh, an online uh, questionnaire and legal permission form. We will never set foot in anyone's house or anybody's property without that legal permission. Absolutely. And, um, the questionnaire has a lot of uh, gives us a lot of general information, but you know it also spells out our requirements. Right. And people understand what's, you know, what's at stake here. And people don't usually contact us unless there's, I found that most every time we go somewhere, it's just very rare that we don't have, we don't encounter some kind of spirit energy there because you know, these people are not going to waste their time or our time unless there's something significant taking place. And I'm sure that, where yeah. to turn. Right. And I'm sure, you know, those that are genuinely interested in wanting to get help, you know, they're going to find you guys, mm-hmm. read the amazing information on, on your website. I mean, very valuable. And of course, obviously, that's why they choose you. But very, very, very important advice to, you know, have a lengthy 
client interview form and all have that permission to go on someone's. I can't tell you how many times I've heard of stories where people will go to, whether it's a home or a historical location, they'll go there illegally. So they're not good good at all. Mm -hmm. So I can't believe we only have about 12 minutes left. Time goes by so fast on radio. Uh, Any unique profound and this could be more or less personal experiences with the afterlife that you've had that have just really resonated with you and have in a sense been life-changing for you at all and this could be for both of you go ahead steve um so yes uh i would actually say my most profound experience uh was actually when I learned really what mediumship was, of course, I've heard about it in the media and whatnot, but um, I think Stephen mentioned Sheila um, before one of the mediums that he's worked with yes. uh, on spirit rescue. And she uh, actually gave me my first reading and it was uh, my grandmother who had just passed away came to me and it was one of the most <laughs> like awestruck, like uh, just jaw-dropping experiences for me and I learned what it was kind of uh through her I guess from that first experience of what it was and um it really just such a great message that I received so that I I get that because I too had like I said earlier with my grandmother and it's just it's something that will stay with me for eternity so I I I get it absolutely that's just amazing what about you Stephen well, my parents are both in spirit. Uh, my dad uh, mm-hmm. transitioned in February of 2017, my mom in November of 2018. But they both uh, gave me signs that they're uh, they're fine. Uh, my dad, for about a month after he passed, he everywhere I went, I would see the little American flags. My dad was in the service. Oh, okay. So, so that was his way of letting me know. So I might be walking, you know, I, I take a daily walk and uh, a couple couple of miles and uh, I would maybe see a little American flag stuck in a bridge uh, over a creek or something like that in very odd place or in a restaurant uh, where you would not normally see something like that. And my mom, uh, when uh, actually I was out in, uh, unfortunately I was out in California visiting my daughter uh, at the time of her passing. Uh, but I think sometimes people don't want you there when they pass anyway. It's kind of a private thing, but I was awakened at exact at the exact time in California when my mom passed here in Memphis, and it was uh, it was she woke me up out of a deep sleep, and then my whole body became electrified. So I know that was her saying, you know, uh, goodbye. And my oh brother my had gosh. some similar experience. So, and uh, they've come through in readings. Uh, I had a reading uh, with Sheila, and um, I, yeah, again, I feel like this is a journey. Like yes. it never ends and there's more learning and there's more experiences ahead of us that are, you know, just going to be amazing. So Sheila didn't know anything about either one of my parents. And um, she said that my dad said he is studying architecture uh, where he is. And my dad was, he, he only had a high school education, but he had a very mechanically inclined mind for, so if he imagined something, he could build it. So that makes perfect sense to me that he would he would be uh, interested in uh, you know progressing with that more. And then my mom uh, loved music and always wanted to learn how to play the piano, and that was a message that came through from her. So 
know, they're both fine and they're they're pursuing activities that are uh, enlightening and, and satisfying to them, I'm sure. Oh my gosh, this is truly amazing. Life is definitely a journey. You know, you're right. when you started talking about the flags, you know, my grandfather uh, was in World War II and uh, he passed away when I was, I think, 13. And uh, I was there in the house when, when he passed away. But after his funeral, and this has happened to my mom too, we both would hear the song Unchained Melody uh, by the Righteous Brothers. And it was what's interesting about that is that song was playing on the radio when we were driving for his military funeral. And so mm-hmm. then ever after that, we kept hearing that song. And I still do to this day. And it's just, it's so bizarre, but it's so comforting at the same time. Right. Yeah. So I wanted to share that. Uh, okay. We have about like five, six minutes left. Do you think there's any changes, if any, that should be made? I mean, this might sound like, again, like a dumb question, but I just thought I'd ask it. Any change, major changes to the field of paranormal research that you think should be made? Well, you know, I think anyone who's out, Steve, you said earlier, it's, it's all about your intent and your purposes. Mm-hmm. And I think anybody who is in this work for the right reasons, and that is to help people without any uh, sense of ego involved in it and uh, without any uh, trying to get some kind of compensation through a TV show or something like that. If you're in it for the right reasons, which is to help uh, not only the, the client, the homeowner, the business owner, but also to help the earthbound spirits. And the best way to do that is to affect some kind of positive change, in my opinion. So if you go in with equipment and do an investigation and prove that there's something going on there, that's all fine and good. But does it really change anything? You know, right. Does it really help the homeowners who are experiencing the disturbances? Does it help the earthbound spirits who are searching for a way to get to the next level of awareness. So that's the question I would ask any paranormal investigator out there to ask themselves, you know, what's my true purpose in in this work? You know, is it, am I doing this for others? Am I doing this for myself? You know, what's the ultimate goal here and uh, how can I best help anyone uh, that, you know, calls, calls to us for help. So I just, um, I think that's the important thing here is to, uh, to do this work and to help people and do it in a compassionate way and to not go in and provoke and some of the things you see on television, that kind of thing, I think it's really disturbing. Oh, it is. It's, it's disgusting. I mean, to be blatantly honest, I mean, this is why, I mean, you guys are literally, you know, setting a a very commendable trail with the work that you're doing. So I, I can't thank you enough. Any upcoming events or cases that you would like to promote or talk about? And then of course, you know, give out how people can get a hold of you, your socials, your website, all that good stuff. Well, no, we just have a few cases coming up. You know, the, the COVID's kind of slowed things down. Um, yes, it but, has. Um, yeah. So we, we still get out and we wear masks and protect ourselves and protect the clients. Um, so we do have, we have several that are lined up uh, early, uh, later this month and early next month. Um, I'm going to mention that I'm working on a guidebook. I'm writing a guidebook uh, for people who uh, would like to consider the possibility that there is uh, an intuitive way to do this work. And in that guidebook, I'm going to share uh, all the techniques that we use that are are very effective, um, not only in the investigation part of it, but in our clearing work and our counseling work and so forth. And also share some of the personal experiences that I've had and that Stevie and I've shared and Kayla and 
and I've shared too. So I'm hoping to publish that in the spring. It's come along pretty well. Um, oh my gosh, I'm so proud of you. I can't wait to read it. I'm going to be the first one to read it. First one in line. <laughs> okay. That's so, I mean, that's so important too, because I think there are a lot of people that are there that are want to, that want to hone in on their skills and, and learn about mediumship and in the, in the right way to do it, you know? Right. So I can't wait for that. We have another question that came in from Chad. If you, you know, keep it kind of quick because we're running out of time. Do you feel spirits communicate with us through dreams? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> we're all like nodding our heads. Yes, yes, yes. Absolutely. Pay attention to those dreams, folks. Pay attention to the synchronicities out there in life because these are all the ways that spirit can connect with us. I can't thank you enough for coming on tonight. I really enjoyed talking with you. And again, well, thank, thank you for, you for all the, the amazing work uh, that you guys are doing. When your book comes out, I'd love to have you back on. Oh, good. Thank you. So, yeah, thank you so much. So uh, have- if people want to reach us, they can uh, go to our website, which is memphisghostinvestigations.com, or uh, look for us on Facebook by uh, searching for Memphis Ghost Investigations and Spirit Rescue. Fantastic. Awesome. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You too. And I really look forward to having you both on again. And of course, Kayla too, uh, when she can join in, but this has been such a fulfilling interview. So thank you so much. Next week, uh, we are having Dale Katzmerich on from the ghost research society in Chicago, Illinois. He's going to be sharing some of his profound cases through the years. I mean, he's been in this field for, oh my gosh, since, since I think 1977, 70. So a long time. So looking forward to that. And I hope everyone has a wonderful and safe Thanksgiving. Hope everyone eats a lot and stuffs themselves like I will be. But anyways, have a wonderful night. And we will see you next week on the Afterlife Chronicles and Beyond on the WLTKDB network, WLTKDB.com or the the Let's Talk.com. And remember, here at the Afterlife Chronicles, we are bridging the gap between mortality and the afterlife one experience at a time. Have a great night. See you next week.